Welcome back, everybody, to the Rook and the Kid podcast. This is episode 23. Got to have a fiddle in the bland. Going to be talking a lot about that man, Deron Bland, this afternoon. Uh, recording on a Monday evening before it's Thanksgiving week, fellas. So, got a big Thursday uh, Thursday day game day slate, you know, with the Thanksgiving games. Of course, we get a Black Friday game with the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets. Good to see Boyle go play quarterback uh, for the Jets. So, that'll be an exciting one. Once you're, you know, buying discounted items that actually aren't discounted, <clears throat> but we'll see how those games go. We're excited to talk about them. It's just me, the rook on the podcast today. It's um, handling business on my own, but I'm excited to be here for you guys. And, you know, I get all the time to myself, so I don't, nobody has to tell me to shut up that I'm talking too much or whatever it may be. So from moderator to extreme moderator, we go, but we're doing good. I'm doing good. And I'm excited. Like I said, to be here. We're going to have a full slate of stuff for you guys today. Uh, of course, we have the Shadow of the Script segment to start off the podcast. Um, got a cool cool couple of facts for you guys on the DAC, uh, DAC on track grades. We're going to be covering the Panthers versus Cowboys game just a little bit. And, you know, it's um, it was um, an easy dub for the Dallas Cowboys, and it should have been. And that's the way that, you know, it has been the last two weeks. But we've got a, a Thanksgiving game, turkey, turkey leg day opponent versus the Washington Commanders, which is always a fun and exciting matchup. Um, every year on Thanksgiving. Um, and we have a new track ranking that we're going to be implementing towards the end of the episode. And we're breaking up the segments in a different kind of way than we have before. And I'm actually going to, I guess it's a little test run because I'm going to be doing it by myself, but I have a couple of cool things that way we're split it up evenly for you guys. And we're even thinking about splitting the episode up into two parts. Um, that way throughout the beginning of the week you can catch the recap and throughout the second part of the week you can catch our predictions, uh, both for the Cowboys and for the rest of the NFL. However, big week for the NFL, week 11. I can't believe we are already going into week 12 um, of the NFL season. is going by way too fast. We are already in the, the festive holiday season of Christmas and Thanksgiving, deer season, all of it. So here we go. Let's start off with the Shatter the Script clip. This is the herd, Colin Cowherd, and his, and I think Jason McIntyre is the other guy, whatever his name is. It was Joy Taylor for a long time, but then she uh, bought herself out on speak. So um, they're talking about Dak Prescott and the difference between one year of Jalen Hurts being good versus, you know, the other eight that Dak Prescott has been good. And, you know, the context is a little weird. So I had to give a little pretext before we actually get into the context. Um, so let's let's start off with our uh, side of the script segment and let's get rolling. Years of body of work of Dak Prescott. Jalen Hurts had one season last year that was better than any year. Dak has had. How on earth can some website justify putting Dak Prescott? Well, 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 like, well give me one, it, it, one data point. You, just give you, me one. You just you threw it out there like it was just some website, like a blogger. It is the ringer. What, it's a, what does that mean? It's well, the it's ringer. A, Who, who's the author? It wasn't <laughs> Kevin Clark. We know that. He comes on this show. Kevin Clark, he didn't write this. Let's not take shots. I, I think I, I bought into the list, and then I saw that and went, whoa, 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 whoa. A lot of trust your eyes for fourth quarter comebacks. Kirk Cousins had more than that last season. I know, I know. So this is I mean, nonsense. I this is we could call it nonsense. And go ahead, text Bill. I'm sure he's watching and is angry. And he's going to fire off some tweet <laughs> ripping us. He, he, first of all, he's running a big. Yeah, there we go. So, talking about the amount of stats, I guess that are there for Jalen Hurts versus for Dak Prescott, and that the I don't know. This is a little miscontext video. There wasn't a whole lot of shadow of the script because. I'm telling you this right now, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are shattering a lot of the scripts that, you know, they had set out 
at the beginning of the season, you know, the interception problem was well, only got six right now. You know, he's, he put out a tweet at the beginning of the year saying that Dak Prescott wasn't going to throw more that Dak himself said he wasn't going to throw more than 10 interceptions this game or this year. And, you know, he's at six, he's leading the NFC and touchdown passes barring uh, Jalen hurts tonight on Monday night football, which will be kind of live tracking and we'll implement. Hopefully by the time we get to the predictions, um, I might save it to, towards the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott's having an unbelievable year and Jalen hurts is having a, a turnover issue um this year and he's not playing bad but there's a lot of things about Dak Prescott that people never want to admit and that's kind of why I am the Dak disciple and is why I am a disciple of Dak Prescott it's just just it's constant reminders of hey this guy actually isn't bad he's actually a good to great quarterback he actually is has the ability to win a Super Bowl even though we have not seen it yet different quarterbacks progress in different ways and so this is a year, and I keep saying this over and over again, either off the record or on the podcast here, is that Dak Prescott, this is the year. If you want to figure out where your future is heading, you know, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I know there's a couple of y'all out there that um, I would say the majority like Dak Prescott, but I think it's very close to 50% say that he's not the guy that he chokes under pressure, yada, yada, yada. Um, and if you've been listening to this podcast, we've gone over many times what, what those playoff games entail and how we got to be are today. Uh, but this is the t- he's got the team this year uh, to do something really special, to shatter the curse, uh, to shatter the script. And what, we, what we're keeping our eyes on especially is the gauntlet that's coming up. Right currently the Eagles are in the gauntlet. And I guess I'm calling it the gauntlet tracker. Um, and that's the Eagles play the Bills or the Chiefs tonight, the Bills, the 49ers, the Cowboys in four weeks. That's a gauntlet. Once the Cowboys complete their next two games versus the uh, the Commanders, and if you want to count the Seattle Seahawks as part of the gauntlet, you can. But nonetheless, after that, um, they've got the the Bills, the Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, and the Eagles. That's the gauntlet. And then they finish off with the, the Commanders in the final week of the season. Depending on where the Cowboys are at in the standings, you know, who knows how we play that game. But nonetheless – that's your side of the script segment segment. And I apologize. I've got a little Zinsky in a little Zin and B Johnson. Um, but yeah, let's get into the two minute drill. And this is normally by the medical guy. Uh, but I wanted to cover a specific injury that I think has sent shockwaves throughout the NFL so far this year um, is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow hurt his um, it will look like a hand injury would turn into what maybe it might have been a thumb injury, which is now a wrist injury. And he's out for the season after tearing a ligament in his thumb and he will require surgery. And this is big news after the the, the Bengals dropped another game. That's two in a row. They were on a hot streak at five and three. And now they're back to five and five with, you know, Browning, uh, Jacob Browning as their as their quarterback. You know, and I was asking on Twitter, is it Will Greer time? And Cincinnati, you know, why not give the kid a chance? You know, he's a gunslinger. He can get, you know, I would say he'd be able to get Jamar Chase and T. Higgins back in, you know, game shape and maybe win you a couple games and uh, get you in contention. But, you know, at the same time, you know, their season's done. I mean, the Bengals are fried. Um, it's unfortunate to hear. But and we'll get into it more specifically with the Chiefs towards the end of the podcast. I'm going to be doing a AFC, NFC, Super Bowl contenders list and it's kind of three in the AFC three in the NFC I really think it's the only 
six relevant relevant teams in the NFL that can win a Super Bowl this year. Um, and so we'll get into that later on. But yeah, just it's a tough break, man, for 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 Joe Burrow. And I I, I pose the question: Is Joe Burrow injury prone? And you know, in 2020, he had that ACL tear his rookie year. He had the calf strain this year in the 2023 preseason, which has been aggravating him throughout the season. And now he's got this season ending wrist, you know, injury and, you know, T's and P's out to Joe Burrow. It's a tough break, but you know, you got to ask the question. They asked the same thing about Dak Prescott. Well, your, your quarterback's injury prone. Okay. Well, you had a freak accident with his ankle one year, a calf strain another year, and then, he broke his thumb. Sounds pretty familiar, right? Kind of a lot like Joe Burrow. So, you know, a lot of it has to do with your line of protection. A lot of it has to do with, you know, running when you when you shouldn't run. Some of it's freak accidents like an ACL tear or uh, your ankle literally snaps nath. Um, and then second, uh, secondly, you've got the Mark Andrews injury, which the news broke today that, you know, they announced that he was probably going to be out for the season. And news came out today that there's a good chance or not a good chance. There is a chance that he can return some point this season, perhaps maybe even return in the playoffs if they make a deep playoff run. Um, But props to the the medical guy. He was correct about his fibular injury. I think it was diagnosed as a fibuliscus. I don't know the direct term, but it's a fibular break. um, And it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for my fantasy team. And it's heartbreaking for him himself. Um, but nonetheless, we'll get into the Ravens later on in the podcast. The DB list. This is the down bad list. Um, I personally was going to have the University of Colorado in, in here. Uh, Deion Sanders and Shadur. Boy. I mean, you couldn't. All this hype before the season. And then you come in here now at four and seven. Yeah, I think they're on a four or five game losing streak and you get absolutely blown out by four and six Washington state 56 to 14 this weekend. And, and you really on who on God's green earth would pose the question that Deion Sanders would be a candidate for Texas A&M. It ain't that it, it ain't time. No way. No, no way. Jose. Um, I, I would say Dion is going to be okay. You know, next year, I'm sure they're, they're going to be a lot better. You know, their second year in the Big 12, get some more recruits in there. People follow Deion Sanders. They like the guy. Um, but like I've mentioned before, I compare them to the Ball brothers. You know, you got it's, – it's just kind of annoying sometimes. It's a nuisance to hear about them. Um, but it, he, he even spoke about it. I, I've never gone through something like this in my life. Well, you, you kind of got humbled and – you did get humbled and next year, you know, things could be better. You can see the forest for the trees um, with Colorado, but nonetheless, embarrassing season um, this year for them. And it, it's a, uh, it's a sad thing to see a, a Cowboys great, you know, hype himself up and then completely play like play and coach like trash or whatever it may be, but give him time, give him time. Be a little humble about it, but the second DB list candidate is, another sec or an sec team auburn played paid 1.6 million dollars to play new mexico state aggies just to get whooped 31 to 10 and auburn wasn't no slouch i mean six and four auburn versus i think they were two and eight new mexico state aggies what the hell 
I mean, enough said on that one. But yeah, that's the two-minute drill presented to you by the medical guy, a.k.a. the Rook filling in. Now, let's move on into our NFL Week 11 recap. Week 11. So, we start off with Thursday Night Football, and this is the Ravens versus the Bengals. Ravens come out on top 34-20. to 20. You know, I pegged the question, is Joe Burrow injury, injury prone? I would say it's 50-50. You know, hey, got to watch out for these. I, injuries are not on purpose, by the way. But at the same time, if you consistently get them, you know, as a player like J.K. Dobbins would be considered injury prone. But the devastation of certain injuries kind of seem to repeat themselves. When you break an ankle or an ACL, sometimes if you return too early, you can aggravate a different part portion of your body like a calf, like an ankle, and it can be a setback, which is why the medical guy stresses so hard to come back at a later date instead of rushing your NFL players directly into the season. I mean, because a lot of these players are always, always complaining about, and it, rightfully so, the, the lingering issues and injuries that they have throughout the season that they really can't get rid of. So uh, I thought the Cardinals were very smart with uh Kyler Murray and I understand they were one and eight they could have sat him out the entire season but when they activated him off the PUP list they used all 21 days to make sure that he was ready and in game shape game shape and he comes out the first week grabs a dub he's running all over the place and he played decently well against the Houston Texans the following week but nonetheless Thursday night football Ravens 34 Bengals 20 I had a weird deja vu for this game which scared the living crap out of me um and I was sitting there talking to my brother while watching the game. And the deja vu was that Lamar Jackson was going to scramble and he got up and his shin was completely shattered. And I was like, I see him run, see him slide and got up kind of hobbling. I'm like, whoa. Two plays later, Mark Andrews shatters his fibula. I'm like, Ugh. and then got news that Lamar Jackson was in the medical tent. Luckily, he came back out and was able to continue playing and then burrow gets a season ending injury as well so that's the worst deja vu i've ever had in my entire life but i think the ravens will be okay this is obviously a setback for them it hurts their super bowl chances in my opinion players like zay flowers and uh odo beckham jr and isaiah likely especially are gonna have to step up you might see more of keaton mitchell uh gus edwards is apparently the red zone god he's the new jamal williams this year yeah, you know, nine, 10 carries a game, three touchdowns, you know, whatever. Um, so props to the Ravens for scoring 34 without Mark Andrews, who went down early in that game, and they still were able to put up 34 points. Their defense is going to be fine. It's elite. It's top five, top seven, whatever you want to argue. Uh, let's move on to the, the noon game. We got the Steelers versus the Browns. Steelers 10, Browns 13. This was an ugly game, and the analysts talked about it last week about taking the under on the score. Um, and it's, yeah, this is exactly what you could have expected, but Hey, the Browns after getting those, that, after that, getting that devastating news that Deshaun Watson was going to be out for the season with a, uh, you know, that shoulder injury, you come in with Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, DTR, as we like to call him. Um, he just, he does enough and, you know, they didn't have to do too too much with the the top three top two defense that they have over there in cleveland uh no nick chubb like we've mentioned week after week after week and jerome ford and kareem hunter kind of holding it down for them and their little committee backfield hot hand type of approach kenny pickett man whoo whoo 
Should have put him on the DB list. That boy, I was wrong as hell about Kenny Pickett. And I must admit, I don't, a man admits when he's wrong. But Kenny Pickett, there's a clip out there of him. And just search his name on, on X. And you'll see, he'll step back in the pocket. And he looks left, looks right, and sheds a tackler and just chucks it about 40 yards. I mean, he, there's a moment in this clip where he sets his feet, looks right, literally envisions where he's throwing the ball and throws it 40 yards downfield and nobody's there. And to me, I'm just thinking, you know, I, what the fuck, like, what are we doing here? Um, but Hey, the Steelers got themselves a nasty little running back in Jalen Warren. And I, I was saying to bench this guy uh, just for the sweep because the Cleveland defense was is absurd. And I'm not sure what the starting percentage was for Jalen Warren, but I'm sure it was around the 50% mark. There's probably not a lot of – it was that, that iffy mark where you're like, I'm not starting these Steelers running backs. This They don't get enough volume. And then they come out here and in the last two weeks scoring a lot of points between the two of them. Um, and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And then Jalen Warren gets nine carries for 130 yards and a tutty. And, you know, Najee's over there doing what he normally does, 12 carries, 35 yards, and maybe a stiff arm three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so, yeah, Pickett looked awful. Uh, Pickens, George Pickens, another quiet week, a, a big letdown in year two. Um, Cleveland might have the – I think they have the best defense in the AFC um, right in front of the Kansas City Chiefs. And is it Joe Flacco time in, in Cleveland? You know, I, this is comical, by the way. I spoke about it last week. RG3 on his own platform is saying, the Cleveland Browns should sign me. I'm so pretentious. And I'm just like, right, yeah. I, guys, I learned how to slide this time. I learned how to slide. Can you believe it? Well, it only took you more than a decade to learn how to slide. It probably would have taken me personally uh, maybe a quarter where I go, oh, shit, this isn't big. 12 defense. This is actually the NFL. I should probably learn how to slide. Uh, and it all it takes is just kind of landing on your butt. But, you know, I guess some people in the NFL, which is shocking to me, have to learn how to slide. And I get it. I never played it down in the NFL. I get it. But I know how to slide. I'm a baseball player. I'm a baseball player. Whatever. Um, moving on. 325 games. Seahawks 16. Rams 17. What the fuck? So the Rams get this one. And Gino has been a he, – he just – can't seem to really get it together this year. Um, the Rams, they're an average team, and they they can play with you know most teams, meaning that you're mediocre or below. Uh, and this might speak to the Seahawks being mediocre, but they scratch one and they're four and six. And Seahawks is a divisional game. You know anything can happen in these divisional games, which we saw as well in the Giants versus the Commanders game. Uh, Devito throwing three touchdown passes after they don't even let him throw, excuse me, for two or three weeks. Can't explain it. But, you know, the Rams steal one from Seattle. Uh, these are both average teams at best. Um, I, I've mentioned that I don't think Geno Smith can can take Seattle the distance, That and that trade that they made for Leonard Williams was a harmless one to the league, which is a good trade by the Giants because Geno ain't taking them that far. You know, I, I I guarantee you they play the 49ers in the first round of the playoffs if they make it that far. And it's it's an easy dub for the 49ers. Um, 
But yeah, Stafford, man, he continues to take the biggest and nastiest hits from the opposing defenses in the AFC, or excuse me, um, in the in the division and against the Cowboys and all those other teams. And uh, Cooper Cup back to day to day with another ankle injury. This is kind of what I mentioned before. You know, you're coming back from hamstring injury and uh, or ACL injury or whatever it may be, and you can re-aggravate a different part of that same leg um, or a different leg because you're overcompensating for that muscle or ligament or tendon, whatever it may be. Um, so Puka, Puka Nakua, um, back to the number one slot. Um, and we'll get into the Monday night football, the, the Eagles versus the Chiefs um, later in the podcast. Uh, hopefully it'll be um, good on time by the, by the time that we get down there or I get down there. Uh, but Sunday night football, hey, you had two people that were right about this game, that being the Rook, myself, and the analyst on the stat line for Russell Wilson and the projection. But Broncos scrap a win, man, 21 to 20 versus the Vikings. Um, Russell Wilson leads a comeback drive late in the game. Um, Should we call him Captain Comeback now? Uh, Maybe Captain Come on his back, but pause. Um, Russell Wilson doing what he normally does, 27 of 35, 250-something yards and two touchdowns. The analyst projected that his stat line would be 25. I'm sorry, no, 20, no, 26 of 33, 225 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> oh man, that's two games in a row that he's been able to project that. Fantastic stuff by the analyst there. Um, couldn't have been any better. And I projected that this game would be 23 to 21 Broncos. But nonetheless, man, the Broncos five and one since starting one and four. Uh, just an outstanding uh, stretch of games. They're back to five and five. Are they back? Is Russ cooking? Russ is not cooking, but the Denver Broncos might be back. Their defense is playing outstanding, um, going for everybody's chin straps and um, defenseless players. Um, this game was, well, you know, Dobbs didn't even play bad. He was actually pretty electric throughout this game. And, the Vikings were four and zero when leading at halftime coming into this game, and now they moved to four and one. O'Connell has done a great job, you know, coaching this squad after their zero and four start to the season and losing uh, Kirk Cousins. They're two and one without Kirk Cousins, and that's without Jetta as well, who sat out this game, and he should be back next week. Six and five, the Vikings could be that sixth or seventh seed, depending on what happens to Seattle or uh, the NFC South division with the uh, the Buccaneers and the Saints, depending, I mean, or the Falcons, whatever, who knows, that sixth and seventh slot is going to be uh, atrocious come playoff time. Uh, but yeah, that triple committee backfield for Denver pissed me the hell off because I had Javante Williams in fantasy and I needed a 31-point game from him. It's not a whole lot to ask. But uh, yeah, I mean, McLaughlin, um, Javante Williams, and Samaje P. Ryan, you know, combined for – a bunch of catches and a couple and a, and a good amount of yardage. So, you know, props to them, but you know, don't count count Dobbs out just yet. Dobbs is playing very well. He's playing fearless um, and props to him, but the Broncos nonetheless moved to five and five. And that brings us into the two minute drill presented to you by the analyst. This is, you know, your stat analysis of the week. Um, and we're going to go actually straight into the Russell Wilson passing chart. And this one is a lot like last week's. It's comical. 
here we go. And if you're watching this, you can look at it. But lots of green dots, you know, per usual, whatever. 24 of 29, 193 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Actually, this is the wrong one. Which week is this? Let's look. Let's look. Let's look. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was week 10. Oh, I don't even think they have it. I saw it on Twitter. Interesting. Yeah, that's weird. They put it on Twitter. I had this one up. It said 27 to 35, 250 something yards and two touchdowns. Interesting. Nonetheless, it looks <laughs> we can actually look at this one and it looks a lot like the one that is actually, you know, out there. But yeah, whatever. This is peak Russell Wilson. Line of scrimmage throws starting five yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah, so that is the Russell Wilson passing chart. Um, it had a couple stats that were lined up with you know Keenan Allen going off of the Chargers once again. You know, uh, Stefan Diggs was locked down uh, versus. Patrick Sertan, this is the second or third week in a row that Stefan Diggs has not had a very good week. Uh, CD Lamb held to under 40 yards on six catches, you know, whatever, get in and out of there. But an interesting week of fantasy to say the less or to say the least. But let's get in to the week 12 predictions. And this is starting off with the Sunday night football projection. Um, We've got the Ravens versus the Chargers. So my projection for, projection for this game, and I'll start off by saying the Chargers are ass-ass. And I'm taking that from the famous Shady McCoy. But I've got the Ravens winning this game 37-28. to 28, And I'll tell you why. Um, the Chargers are cheeks. And the loss of Joey Neo-Nazi Bosa is a big one. You know, T's and P's for Joey Bosa. He definitely would have been on the two-minute drill injury report by the medical guy. But, you know, I, I I truly believe that Brandon Staley once again is on the hot seat and Kellen Moore, you could argue, is under-delivering. But at the same time, they're putting up a lot of points and not winning. It could be game management. You know, it could be it's their defense. I mean, they've had the highest salary cap that paid on their defense and they're playing like doo-doo. Um, they'll have games where they have maybe eight or nine sacks and they'll still lose the game. Uh, but like I mentioned before, with the Mark Andrews injury, the Ravens wide receivers going forward are going to need to step up. Um, and Keaton Mitchell, I think, will continue to see a rise in touches. And Gus Edwards will find the end zone in this game for a Ravens victory pretty comfortably uh, getting this dub over the Chargers. Um, and then we move into our Thanksgiving slate. And here's where the fun begins. And yes, I'm quoting Star Wars. You got the 49ers versus the Seahawks, and this is your <laughs> probably your playoff matchup in the uh, the wild card round for the 49ers if they end up with the second or third seed. Um, but I think Gina will struggle heavily against this defense. Um, no quarterback has really torched this defense besides Kirk Cousins. Um, this Fred Warner-led defense is still insane. They're, they've got their rhythm back. Uh, this week, I believe Kenneth Walker suffered an oblique injury, and I believe he's going to be out for this game. It's a short week. There's no sense in playing him. 
you'll see Zach Charbonnet. He's going to be on my sit list for the Rooks looks, which we'll get into here in just a few minutes. But the 49ers, I think, will be effective in the run game for this one with the, the combination of Christian McCaffrey and their second running back, Debo Samuel. Um, so feed the hot hand, in my opinion, for this one. For the If you're a 49ers fan, I'm feeding George Kittle. Uh, this guy has been had had a, a fantastic last four weeks. Uh, he's an amazing run after catch tied in, and uh, the 49ers, I think, win this one com- comfortably, 33 to 16. Um, and I think those that 16 points comes in late for the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a much more spread out game. Um, and then we got the Black Friday game, the Dolphins versus the Jets, and I have the Jets losing this game to the Dolphins 24 to 13. Um, the Jets obviously moving their, uh, their star quarterback, Zach Wilson down, not just to the backup quarterback, but to the number three spot spot behind, uh, Trevor Simeon. So it'll be Tim Boyle, I believe is his name and Trevor Simeon. Then third on the list is going to be Zach Wilson. Um, so a chain and Mostert, we could, we could possibly see, um, them with one another again in this game. Unfortunately, A-Chain suffered, re-aggravated his knee um, this past Sunday. And them together is an explosive duo. It's it's the fastest offense in the league by far. Uh, but there's a chance A-Chain probably isn't going to play. But Moster could see a pretty good game on the ground, in my opinion, maybe find the end zone. But I, I think more than not, he probably will get involved you know, in the passing game. Uh, a lot of the successful offenses that have played the Jets have really just taken what the defense gives them. And a lot of times that's underneath underneath throws uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. We saw Dak Prescott have a, a really, really – he's probably played the most impressive game against the Jets outside of maybe uh, Josh Allen this past Sunday who went off you know, winning their game 32-6. to But the Jets have not scored a touchdown in, I don't even know, a couple of weeks now. But – I, I kind of blame a little bit of, this, of the the New York Jets struggles on Salah, Salah because, I mean, for one, if you watch that play carefully, the one where Zach Wilson is running out of bounds and runs into his head coach, you can argue if that was intentional or not. <laughs> but you could also argue if Salah actually kind of, they said he protect, uh, protected the fall. I, I think he elevated the fall. It looked like he actually threw a right hook as they were going down the ground, like you mother and just tossed his ass down on the ground. I think he was so, and I think that's why he went down to the third spot after that. Cause he's like, this dude is just straight up ass, but Hey, it's your own fault. You had a chance to trade for a couple of quarterbacks. He never did. Uh, you could have got RG three <laughs> head ass. Um, there was Colin Kaepernick was out there head ass. Um, shit. I mean, there's, there's plenty of candidates that you could have made the call for to at least make your team comparable you, you see Zach Wilson in practice every day. You could tell from a mile that he probably is not the guy that can give Aaron Rodgers a chance to come back later in this season, you know, who, who said he might start practicing in early December. If I'm Aaron Rodgers and they're four and seven, five and six or whatever, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to come back. Uh, I, you know, you're, you want to play next year for sure. You don't want to, re-aggravate a, a serious injury like the Achilles injury. I know he's in, you know, battling spiritual warfare right now with uh <laughs> medical um experts and everything. And he's 
you know, he's obviously non-vaccinated, which is why he's recovering so quickly. But yeah, I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm being very, very careful with this because, you know, there's rumors that Devontae Adams might get shifted over to the New York Jets next year and maybe they can run, make a run then. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably has a good one, uh, two or three years um, left in them, three being a stretch. But yeah, Dolphins 24, Jets 13 is my projection for the Black Friday game. Um, so moving on to Sunday which probably won't be doing too much football watching. I might watch this game. This is the Jaguars versus the Texans. I've got the Texans actually coming out of this game as the winners, 26 to 19. And I've said this for years, that every Texans versus Jaguars game is going to be around this score. It's always some really boring, like the exception was earlier this year when the Texans blew them out. But it most of the time, it's like 24 to 20 or 20 to 17 or 21 to 16, some type of low scoring. We can't convert touchdown type of a game, which is why I have the Jaguars with such an odd score in 19. You know, they'll probably go for two at some point in the game and, uh, and miss out on it. I, it just, it's an odd game. I just don't think the Jaguars is as good as everyone says they are, but I, nonetheless, Stroud continues to roll with Jesus on his side, proving Mormon Mormons wrong that the darker your skin complexion, the more cursed you are. You know, if you don't know, Mormons, that's what they believe. It's 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 in their, it's in their book. So uh, Mormons are racist. Um, but they're also nice people. So I guess racists can be nice people. Unknowingly racist, probably. Um, but I've met many Mormons in my life, and they're one of the nicest people on the planet. A Mormon, actually, fun fact, and we'll get back to football, um, I was ass at baseball when I was like 14 years old and I, I was missing fly balls, you know, easy stuff. A Mormon got me back on track along with the hour and a half conversation with my dad on the way home. But a Mormon was able to stop my tears from flowing down my face as I got benched in the fifth inning of a 14 year old game. I was the Zach Wilson of that day. And you know, you never know uh, who you're going to meet, but yeah, Stroud continues to roll the Stroud boy. Um, Singletary has produced, in my opinion, actually, it's the facts. Singletary has produced far greater than Damian Pierce, who gets 13 carries, 34 yards a game this year. But the, I, I have been talking about how they had no run game throughout this season. And Singletary, the past two or three weeks, has been explosive over 100 yards at least the last two weeks. Um, and I think he must assume the starting role moving forward. Even when Damian Pierce gets back, he's going to be you know that short yardage kind of guy. The change of pace back. Um, and then Dell and Nico, I, I would argue, are a better combination than Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. Slap me in the face if you disagree. But, please. But, yeah, Tank Dell, man, absolute beast. Smooth, smooth, smooth as a whistle. Nico Collins, great receiver um, this year, has been producing well. He's a top 20 wide receiver in fantasy. Um, Noah Brown is Megatron all of a sudden. Uh I know he sat out this last game, I believe, but you know, you got John Mechie and a rookie who they'll probably slowly implement him into a, a top three or four wide receiver on their depth chart and get him more involved. Cause I'm sure he's actually a very talented wide receiver. He's just kind of hidden. Xavier Hutchinson is a sleeper for the Houston Texans. You know, he was a guy that I wanted the Dallas Cowboys to draft um, moving into the season. So the, the Texans, man, they got guys. Uh, especially with woke boy at tight end uh, now that the Democrats, you know, kind of have the power 
in in politics these days, he's become a better football player, which I did not think was a possible thing. But he actually doesn't get implanted into the ground very often anymore. And he's been uh, what I predicted is a, an excellent security blanket for for um, CJ Stroud. And I think Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence in this game will probably throw a pair of interceptions. Um, two, I'm guessing, is what it, yeah. No, not three, two. But ETN will get back to scoring some touchdowns in this game, but it won't be enough. Texans win 26 to 19 is my prediction. Moving on to the Eagles versus the Bills is the big game. This is part of the gauntlet tracker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, my question of the day would be, are the Bills back? Um my answer to that question would be possibly. We don't know. It's a hypothetical. Uh, attack the Eagles secondary if you're the Bills. Um, what we mentioned this earlier last week, you know, they're averaging, they average like 8.4 yards per carry. If you're doing that in the NFL, hand the ball off. James Cook is an explosive runner. Um, he ha- he's had two great weeks in a row getting the football, regardless of if he fumbles or not. He's the guy. He needs to be the guy in your run game. He's explosive. He's effective in the passing game. Set up the run with the pass. It's kind of the reverse psychology psychology that's been working in the NFL this year. There are some teams that set up the pass to the run, that being the Giants last year. You saw that, you know, Saquon Barkley was the king of that team. And it was what made Daniel Jones' job easier. Dak Prescott's rookie year, um, a great offensive line and a solid-ass run game can elevate your quarterback play and his confidence and since then, it's been increasingly more Dak than it was offense, uh, offensive run game. But Kincaid has been big time, and I think he's going to have a big, big, big game. Um, the reason I say that is because Jake Ferguson was a monster versus the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they have a weakness against tight ends that will be exploited. Uh, Kincaid's already been going um, insane the past four or five weeks since he's assumed the starting role after Dawson Knox is uh, – injury which put him on the ir um james cook will probably get involved in the air attack in this game but if you're the eagles this is a me- this is measuring stick game number two for the eagles you know because i as i mentioned they're going to play the chiefs tonight uh the bills 49ers and the cowboys um and that's gauntlet so we'll see how the eagles match up against good teams they've only played two so far and that being the dolphins who a lot of people would argue that they're on the fraud list um, and then the Cowboys, uh, who I presumed wouldn't, wouldn't be ready at that time where they were playing the Eagles, but the Eagles should have lost that game. The Cowboys played definitely well enough, and we covered it obviously to come out with that victory. Got that, and I would argue the Eagle, uh, the Cowboys certainly played better than the Eagles um, that game. So we'll see how the Eagles handle their gauntlet, and it'll be a big teller for the NFC East divisional winner because they'll go the, through their gauntlet first, and then the Cowboys will follow up with their gauntlet, which is highly concerning to me because obviously the talk of the town is, can the Cowboys beat good teams? Well, we'll figure it out. Can Dak play good against good teams? Well, we'll figure it out. Is Dak the guy? We'll figure it out. Is he going to get get to the, uh, the championship game this year? We'll figure it out. Take it one week at a time. But, yeah, I got the Eagles winning this game 27-24. to 24. Um, The Bills will go to 6-6. Six and six. But there is a good possibility that the Bills, you never know. This is a really tough game to project because you never know what kind of Bills are going to show up. Uh, a loss like they suffered last week against the Broncos can be a game where it just wakes you the hell up. So they can come out with a fire underneath their breath and 
it's just tough to project. I would take this projection with an absolute grain of salt because the Eagles are playing right now um, and things could happen. Um, we're going to skip the kids' picks. Um, usually we have the three NFL player props for the upcoming week, and the kid is out and about making that dough. But we'll move on into the tracking the boys segment, the moment everyone's been waiting for. Cowboys win 33-10 to 10 against the Panthers. This was an easy win. Um, we all projected, you know, a 35 to 10 ish kind of score. Uh, I believe I projected a 33 to 16 Cowboys. Um, we'll start with the offensive analysis game breakdown. I'm moving to defense, getting the Dak on track. And right before we get into predictions, we'll cover the Rooks looks, start them, sit them. But to start off with the offensive analysis, and of course, we'll play our normal video. And I hope this plays. We're just going to go trial and trial and error here. But of course, the analyst with his smoking that pack video um we'll play it here i hope they can <laughs> smoking that panthers pack baby cowboys move to 7 and 3 so Offensive now offensive analysis. Okay. I gentle and smooth the Dallas Cowboys. This was a breeze. Um, they, they did what they were supposed to do. I'm not going to spend too much time, you know, covering this game. Uh, the run game looks so much better. You know, Pollard had a couple explosive runs. They did what I asked them to do with Dowdle getting about 30% of the snap share. The only thing they didn't listen to me about was maybe getting Lepke some carries. But nonetheless, I mean, Tony Pollard found the end zone finally and Boy, was it a good one! Breaking three or four tackles and stretch, extending for the for the end zone, and, and Pollard's back on the on the touchdown report list, and got involved in the pass game a little bit, just enough. This was just like a very easygoing offensive game for the Dallas Cowboys. There wasn't really um, need to take risk. I mean, Dak Prescott didn't even reach 200 yards passing, but he was efficient with 25 completions. You know, two touchdowns or whatever. Kind of had a Russell Wilson game, if if you will, but you know, it doesn't happen every week. But, you know, no mistakes. He kind of taking what the defense was giving him, uh, attacking the middle of the field. And I'll get into that into the Dak, press, or Dak on track segment. Um, the offense and the pass attack, uh, pass attack simply, you know, strolled, strolled through these three and a half quarters when we, until we put in Cooper Rush and the backups. You know, it. people always say, is Dak Prescott stat, stat padding? Well, there's a, a tweet out there on my profile that tells you that in those games, that boy is out of there by the beginning of the fourth quarter. So he's not even playing four quarters of football. Y'all saying he's stat padding. Well, if he's stat padding against players, uh, teams like the the Giants, then how come the commanders uh, who have a, the number six quarterback in fantasy football, how come they lose 31 to, 31 to 19? It was easy. Anybody could do it, right? Well, evidently not. So, I mean, that kind of covers the offense. I mean, C.D. Lamps got in the end zone, six catches for 38 yards or whatever. Uh, Brandon Cooks had an explosive, you know, pump fake on the screen. Uh, go route, three receptions for 42 yards. Uh, Ferguson got involved a little bit. Offensive protection was uh, phenomenal. A-plus to the offensive line the past four or five weeks. Since the 49ers game, the protection has been outstanding. Let's just pray that Tyron Smith sleeps on the right side of the bed tonight. Uh, moving on to the defensive analysis as I flip my hat backwards because this – 
this mic will, uh, this headset will clamp your head down. But defensive analysis here, uh, I think this took the cake in the game. Uh, the defense, I, in my opinion, outperformed the offense, and they ate, you know, and as they should. Parsons had nine pressures in this game with two and a half sacks. Could have been counted a third one, but you know, uh, hey, he's back on track. He's, I think, he's recorded a sack in three straight games. Uh, I think he's over ten sacks now on the year. So Parsons is on track for maybe a, a an eighteen to twenty sack season if he continues on this stretch. And the pass rush itself is getting after Bryce Bryce Young. What I think is funny is that every time that we seem to be up by a lot of points. Dorrance Armstrong just goes off, just finds a way to pressure the quarterback. Um, it, it happened in the Giants game week one, Giants game again, and then the Panthers game this week. You just see Dorrance Armstrong late in the fourth quarter or whatever, just grabbing a sack or two. Um, but yeah, D-Law got in there, got some action in the in the sack frenzy. Uh, and they continue to hold wide receivers under 100 yards. Uh, that's 10 games in a row, all 10 for this season where a wide receiver for the opposing team has not surpassed 100 yards. Closest in this game was Adam Thielen with eight receptions, 74 yards. The best drive the Panthers made this week was a 19-play drive for that traveled the distance of the field It was that took up over like 10 minutes of the, of, the, of the quarter's clock. It was the entire third quarter, practically. And then once the Cowboys got the ball back, it took them two minutes to score a touchdown and then the pick six by Deron Bland, his fourth of the year, um, which brings me into the Deron Bland. He has entered the elite conversation. I gave it week after week after week. Will it continue? Will it continue? Will it continue? Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Well, he's got four total touchdowns in the year. He's one touch, one pick six away from breaking the either the franchise record or the NFL record of pick six in a season. He's got six interceptions on the year. He had five last year. Uh, at any point, he's the highest graded in man coverage. He's the one of the highest graded PFF quarterbacks in the league. Uh, week after week, he is holding, you know, quarterbacks to a very low pass rating when they target his direction. I mean, it's week after week this dude is showing up, you know, outperforming. Honestly, the expectations of you know Trayvon Diggs and Trayvon Diggs is an absolute animal. You know, a uh, top. 10 cornerback in this league in between five and 10 probably. And Deron Bland's right up there as well. I mean, he's making his case and he's just a guy that nobody would expect to do this sort of thing. I mean, in fifth round draft pick out of Fresno state, I had him in my mock draft predictions. Um, and Bland has more and as many touchdowns as Devonte Smith, Terry McLaurin and Devonte Adams as more as more or as many than those players I just mentioned. Deron Bland, you are elite. Moving on to the DAC on track segment, and we'll bring you into the DAC chart as I bring it up here. And this one is the right chart. So, you know, praise praise Jesus, right? Um, here we go, the week 11 chart. 25 of 38, 189 yards, two touchdowns with a negative 1.2% CPOE. We got two touchdowns over the middle of the field, a couple of completions over the middle of the field. A lot of green dots per usual. A um, couple of throws behind the line of scrimmage, a lot more near the line of scrimmage than what we're used to. Um, but, I mean, like I mentioned before, he just kind of he just took what the defense gave him, um, not making any mistakes, limiting the turnovers, which was never really an issue in the first place, but I did find a wild stat. I, I was looking on TikTok, and this 
this uh, post came up about um, how in 74 games, Dak has 72 turnovers. Pretty interesting. He's in that top 10 list, if you will. Uh, he's number seven since 2018 on turnovers, which is weird. You know, you wouldn't expect that. I mean, Derek Carr, I think, is number three. Josh Allen's obviously number one on that list. But I thought it was interesting. You know, that, that has to be the fumbles. But nonetheless, I mean, it's something I, you don't really ever think about that. But I thought that was an interesting stat. And not to take away from Dak Prescott, he's had a, uh, a great career. Um, but my letter grade for Dak Prescott is a B plus. Um, and here's why. I, I think he, it's, he took what the defense gave him. You know, he was throwing underneath near the line of scrimmage. It was a lot like the the New York Jets game, honestly. Um, it was just very easy going. And keep in mind, this was three quarters of football. Um, just no pressure whatsoever. Just easy going, steady, steady drives. Attacking the middle of the field in the red zone. You know, getting Luke Schoonmaker, the schooner in vibe, the schoonmeister uh, involved in the red zone. And he gets his third touchdown of the year. Um, so, you know, phenomenal grab over there in the middle. That's Dak's throw, by the way, that, that tight end seam route in the, in the red zone, you're throwing it right over the second level with the linebackers splitting the gap between the safety and the cornerback who are most likely playing zone in that scenario. Um, fantastic throw by Dak Prescott. Then of course he had the, the third and goal or fourth and goal throw to CD lamb in the red zone. That was a dot as well. So, um, very easy going game for Dak Prescott. You know, he had multiple like absolute piss missile darts in this game that should have been caught that definitely categorized as one of those low completion probability throws. Um, he had one over had two or three, I think to cooks. Um, it's just, those are the throws that nobody ever talks about. There's an account I think on Instagram that talks about, uh, you know, plays you might've forgotten about. And it's just like a touchback, but Four throws from Dak Prescott in this game would have been categorized into that count for sure. Excuse me. But no turnovers, minimal sacks, got out of healthy, and Cook's got some touches. Um, he continues to be more and more involved in this offense consistently. But, yeah, B-plus for Dak Prescott. All right. And that concludes um, the Dak on track segment. So – and that moves us into the Rooks Looks Stardom Sidem. Um, boys, 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 boys. This was an awful week for me in the Rooks Looks. Uh, I got to admit. Um, whew, the only one I got right was my sleeper. Um, I, I broke the streak of having uh, four straight weeks of picking really good. Um, and it, it was broken. So I, I'm pretty heartbroken about it. Um, I'm heartbroken about my fantasy record in the track league. I'm down to four and seven. Not even going to get into it. But I told everybody to start Miami running backs, uh, A-Chain 47 and Raheem Salim Abdullah um, versus the Las Vegas defense. Uh, A-Chain exited in the first quarter, but, you know, he had one carry for like one yard. So that sucks. Um, Mostert finished with 10.30. PPR points with 22 carries, 86 yards, and a reception for seven yards. I mean, it's not a bad game, but it didn't get the points. Um, I told everybody to start. Um, oh, no, I did tell everybody. I got this one right. Uh, 
I still told everybody to start Joshua Dobbs, Minnesota quarterback versus the Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football. I said that he was going to lose his game, but his his uh, fantasy points would still show up. 17.94 PPR points. He was 20 of 32, 221 yards, a touchdown and an interception. And he had eight carries for 21 yards. He did have a fumble lost. So he was around 18 to 20 PPR points in this game. And that's a good performance out of your quarterback. You're going to win most games when they get above 15 uh, um, points for you. Uh, I told everybody to sit the Pittsburgh running backs versus the Cleveland um, Monstars defense. That's Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren finished with 23.50 PPR points with nine, just on nine carries, 129 yards and a touchdown with three receptions for 16 yards. Outstanding performance from Jalen Warren. Uh, they definitely found their starting running back. I, I would imagine Najee Harris just continues. His production continues to diminish as the season goes on, uh, who had 4.30 PPR points with 12 carries for 35 yards and probably a stiff arm four yards behind the backfield. Um, sit Adam Thielen, uh, Carolina wide receiver versus Dallas at home. Um, he ended up actually having a pretty decent game, 15.4 PPR points. He had eight receptions on 11 targets. 74 yards, most of which were accumulated on that 19 play drive, um, but still was held uh, uh, under 100 yards. He had a couple of bad games fantasy wise in a row, and he kind of got back on track here in a surprisingly uh, blowout of a game. So um, that, that one was tough to swallow. Pause. Um, and the sleeper of the week was Calvin Ridley. And I guarantee you, nobody started this guy, you know, unless you had a, a bunch of well, wide receivers are running backs on by and you had to stick him in your flex and you were like, crap, he's going to give me like three points or he's not even going to show up. Um, but the Jacksonville wide receiver versus Tennessee following blowout ended up having 31.1 PPR points, seven receptions, 103 yards and two touchdowns. He actually was started in 62% of the leagues. So the majority of people got that 31.10 uh, performance. So good on you. If you ended up starting Calvin Ridley and, and and listen to me um but here we go the week 12 stardom sit him i've got start brock purdy and this is mostly uh thanksgiving and black uh, black friday uh candidates here but start brock purdy the san francisco quarterback this is a weaker divisional defense and he has the hot hand right now he had a essentially a madden game there was a uh, a tweet that actually came out that um one of my buddies sent out in our group chats that he was just absolutely electric since their bye week. Um, and these things tend to happen when you go on, you know, three game losing streaks and you have Jesus Christ in your life. So um, outstanding stuff from Brock Purdy. He's looking like um, vintage Brock who has every weapon around him was missing Debo the issue the entire time. Is he that much of a vital piece of the run game? You know, I don't know, but start Brock Purdy. Start Jake Ferguson, the Dallas tight end. I think he finds the end zone and the Salvation Army bucket um, in this game. He is the king of tight end celebrations, in my opinion. That's that's my hot take of the day. That dude has phenomenal celebrations. He had the uh, the lasso one with the cattle. Um, he had the the shimmy. He had the whack a mole celebration in the Salvation Army bucket with the three or four tight ends that were in on that set. It's classic Jason Garrett stuff. Um, and then moving on to sit, I've got sit. Zach Charbonnet, Seattle running back. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be going after this guy, but the next four games for the Seattle Seahawks are just brutal, brutal defensive matchups if you're a running back. Um, so obviously they're going against San Francisco this week. 
toughest run defense in the league. I think Geno and this offense will be in heave mode, and that's not a good thing if you're Geno Smith, who really doesn't have the pieces together uh, this year. And then definitely, and I'm probably going to get burned for this, sit Garrett Wilson, the New York Jets wide receiver. Um, the, the wide receivers for the Jets, I think, accumulated nine total yards this past game, which is just uh, – don't even ask me. But Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle will – you know, we'll fail to get the ball to their wide receiver one and no touchdowns from the Jets offense in a full moon. So moving on to the sleeper of the week is Brian Robinson, the running back for the Washington Commanders. Um, top 10 fantasy running back this year. Uh, I mistakenly traded him for the most inconsistent wide receiver in fantasy football. And your first thought should be, oh, he's ready for Gabriel Davis. What an idiot. But I also got FAB money, FAAB money. So, yeah, there's nobody on the waiver wires either. So dumbass trade. But top 10 fighters, uh, fantasy running back this year. He's involved in the passing game now. That's back-to-back weeks where he's had an effective game in the passing game. Um, I think he gets some red zone touches and maybe finds the end zone. Um, and the heave of the week, my favorite part. I actually have two this week. There was actually three different candidates for heave of the week, but I had to take one out of the college playbook here. And I'm excited about this one. And this is the, the boy, Caleb Williams versus UCLA um and if you've probably seen this one floating around social media since the games were on Saturday well let's get it rolling and get that commentary get that play-by-play you meant play-by-play here we go here we go USC, after suffering two losses in a row, seven and four on the year, the Heisman hopes and dreams of a playoff appearance are out the window. Nonetheless, it's third and 10 for the USC Trojans. Empty backfield, he'll double flex tight end spot. He shuffles and finds, he scrambles, collects his feet, and heave! I couldn't even finish the heave, and that ball was completed to number two, the wide receiver for the USC Trojans, and that is a touchdown, your first heave of the week, your second heave of the week will be over there for back to the NFL. So your first one, Caleb Williams, your second one, this is your midget heave of the week. And this one is baby back bitch. K one Kyler Murray. And let's get him rolling. This is rapid play by play. This is like that shit you hear on the radio. All right, here we go. 0-0 ball game here. Houston 5-4 and four versus Arizona 2-8. and eight. Just started the first quarter here. Kyler Murray drops back, gathers his feet, shuffles, and heave! Rondale Moore, the 5'7", 110-pound wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, and Kyler Murray's hyped up. His touchdown, longest air yard touchdown of the year for Kyler Murray, and the Arizona Cardinals fall 16-21 after failing, I think, three or four attempts inside the red zone. And fall to two and nine on the year, I believe. Yeah, two and nine on the year. So those are your heaves of the week presented to you by the Rook. And that was your Rook's Looks Stardom Sidem. And now let's get into our predictions for the upcoming game for the Dallas Cowboys. So start by saying happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Um, hope it's good for everybody. Hope you go see your family, uh, eat some chicken gutlins, you know, some uh Rock with cheese, rice casseroles, some pies, you know, get fat on Thursday. But Cowboys versus Commanders, 7-3 and three versus 4-6 and six at AT&T Stadium, 3.30 p.m. on Fox. 
Um, here's my keys to success in this game. Show up. That's number one. We are so hit or miss on Thanksgiving. It's not even funny. Um, you never know if your Thanksgiving holiday is going to be completely ruined um, while you're sitting there with a, a stomach the size of uh, Chris Farley. And my memories of Thanksgiving usually aren't that good because of the Cowboys. You know, it's like 50-50. It's like you never know if you're going to have a Thanksgiving that's good if, if you're a Cowboys fan. You're either going to be like, God, Cowboys lost again. And your, you know, your aunt, your uncle comes up to you, starts asking you about whether you not, whether you have a girlfriend or not. Why don't you? You know, all this, all this stuff, and you're like, the, the Cowboys just lost. Before I start slurring, you know, I, I'm gonna need some type of alcoholic beverage. But nonetheless, show up. That's the key to success. Uh, you know, pressure Hal. You know, in the passing, in the pass rush, you know, minimize running back involvement in the air attack. Um, you have to be unpenetrable in the defensive interior or else Brian Wilson's going to probably eat it up um, and maybe surcap, you know, 80 yards rushing on the day. Um, offensively, I think the Cowboys need to be lighting up this commander's secondary. Um, they've been weak all year. If DeVito can throw for three touchdowns versus his defense, then on a short week, you know, Dak Prescott is accustomed to playing on Thanksgiving, obviously. Um, if he shows up, he should have a, a, a great day. Um, you can't have an interception versus his team. You know, if, if it is, you know, I, I hope you're heaving that shit down the field 40 yards and trying to make a play coach. You know, we don't one of those, we don't want any of those crappy interceptions five yards on the field that turns into seven or three points. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking maybe a Gallup breakout game, question mark. You know, I know he's hot trash, but you know, he could find the end zone here. He finds a way in the winter just to just to break out. You know, his calves get a little bigger and shit. You never know. Possibly. Question. I don't know. But don't, you know, don't be shocked if if he just shows up and has seven receptions for 119 yards and a touchdown. But continue to protect the quarterback if you're the Dallas Cowboys. The pass, pass uh, protection has been phenomenal this year um and i expect that to continue after they traded you know sweat and chase young um they're in must not must must win mode but they're kind of just like they want to steal a couple games from a couple teams and don't let it be us we the cardinals already stole a game from us earlier in the season these are you know must win games as in like if you want to win the division you're gonna have to beat these teams but uh you know Sam Howell's scrappy, man. He's a good, he's a great quarterback. I think he's the guy. Excuse me. I'm like on the verge of burping every 10 seconds. But um, but yeah, I I think don't I think you need to eliminate the cuteness in the red zone. I thought I saw a little that dumbass reverse play that we ran against the Panthers this week. I understand we, we scored, you know, 26 points or whatever. I, I mean offensively in this game outside of the pick six by Bland. Um, but you know, eliminate that cuteness in the red zone and, you know, things that just don't get too complicated. Uh, don't force heavy involvement for Pollard. Uh, continue the snap count splits. It's working. Get Daddle in there, you know, get Pollard involved in the air attack. And you do that, the Cowboys win 30 to 21 versus the Commanders. Um, this will be a more spread out game, in my opinion, and that Commanders will get that back in, backdoor cover, touchdown. Um and the Cowboys come out, in my opinion, 30 to 21 if they show up, which leads to my uh, mama's 
Don't let your Cowboys um, part of the segment. And that is Mamas, don't let your Cowboys destroy my Thanksgiving, like I mentioned earlier. You never know what Dallas team arrives on Thanksgiving. Um, and yeah, Mamas, don't let your Cowboys destroy my Thanksgiving. Please. Please, God. Um, I'm looking for a good one. I just need something good. Something good in my life. But let's get into the breakdown. we got the, the track ranking, and we've got the track hierarchy. So the track ranking for this week is actually going to be the best Thanksgiving performances by number 88 wide receivers in Dallas Cowboys history. And I've got them separated by gold, platinum, and diamond. Diamond being the highest if you're listening. But my gold candidate for this track ranking is C.D. Lamb in 2022 versus the New York football giants with six receptions, 106 yards, and the one-handed snag. And the Giants lose this game. They, we won 28 to 20. And there's also a great play in there um, where Jake Ferguson um, herded a player. And that's where I, when I knew that Jake Ferguson was the next Kelsey. Um, so, but nonetheless, my platinum ranking for this game or for this, for this track ranking is Michael Irving in 1995 versus the Kansas City Chiefs. He went for 11 receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown with the win 24 to 12 on their way to a Super Bowl victory that year. And my diamond ranking is no doubt. And we lost this game, but it's no doubt Des Bryant in 2012 versus the Redskins. And I'm looking for CD Lamb to have this type of a game. Eight receptions, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. But we took the L. 38 to 31. I believe this is when Kirk Cousins was on the Redskins. I could be mistaken. I sometimes get those things wrong. But Des Bryant, an unbelievable performance. Eight receptions, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. So to break it down for you, break it down, Dora Dela. Uh, gold, CD Lamb, 2022. Platinum, Michael Irvin in 1995. And Diamond, Des Bryant in 2012. And here is our track hierarchy of the week. And this is for week 11 heading into week 12 um and this is your afc and nfc super bowl contenders so we'll start with the afc division there's really only three teams and i've got them for both the afc and the nfc the chiefs are the first one this is vegas's team vegas made the call and this is supported their team supported by the deep state as well as the witch bitch taylor swift you know who's casting spells on the Kansas city chiefs. She said, I'll, I'll never uh, disprove this, the, the sorcery allegations, whatever you're a witch. We all know it. Um, the Ravens lose their best weapon. Plus the burrow injury clearing basically any debris there was, you know, ahead of their super bowl win this year. Josh Allen is coming for you. The Ravens is my second AFC divisional team. And they'll lose a step with uh, with no Mark Andrews. Um, but they're still rolling defensively, and they still got a good run game. And Lamar Jackson's playing well. He's throwing the ball great. Isaiah likely is probably likely going to step up. You know? <laughs> um, so Lamar has been a consistent passer. And Odo Beckham Jr., who likes to have poop in his mouth, has been a serviceable asset 
in the in the in the in the end zone. And his past three weeks have been very productive. Um, he is no longer what he eats. Now he eats footballs. So um, and no longer shit. So the Ravens are that second team that I think are Super Bowl contenders. The Bills, the Buffalo Bills, and y'all are gonna call me crazy, but let me ask you this: Who do you trust more? Tua turned the ball over. The Chargers. I'm just saying that because they have Justin Herbert, but the AFC South, meeting the Texans and the Jaguars with a rookie quarterback and a struggling, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Josh Allen, who has the most playoff experience out of all those teams. Who do you trust more? I gave you a little bit of a moment of silence there just to kind of think on that, but it's Josh Allen. As bad as their struggles have been, they are easily more dangerous than the Dolphins, in my opinion. Because if they catch that hot hand streak, I'm taking Josh Allen all day. They blew out the Miami Dolphins earlier in the year, and I expect they can do it again. A loss like the Broncos suffered, or the Broncos made the Bills suffer last week in week 10, that can change a team. That can change a team's dynamic. Um, they're kind of trying to start to figure out that, hey, James Cook is actually a really good running back. So, I yeah, my AFC Divisional Super Bowl contenders and I don't think it extends past this list, is the Chiefs, Ravens, and the Bills. Argue with the wall. NFC division. This one's pretty obvious. Um, The 49ers. All three of these teams are pretty obvious, but it's the 49ers. It's the top three roster in the NFL, arguably the best roster in the NFL, and it's tough to lose with the best players at the most essential positions outside of Nick Bosa because Michael Parsons is better. But Trent Williams, one of the best tackles in the National Football League, Christian McCaffrey, the best running back in the National Football League. Fred Warner, the best middle linebacker in the National Football League. Uh, Greenlaw, one of the best outside linebackers, Sam linebackers in the National Football League. Nick Bosa, a top three defender in the National Football League on at the edge position. They have a decent secondary. They have Brandon Ayuk, uh, a top five, six route runner in the NFL. Debo, the only utility player that's uh, – you know, that's even close to Taysom Hill in effective production. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, the 49ers, they're hot again. So uh, you got to watch out for them. They might they might end up with the third seed, but, you know, the, the Lions have the easiest schedule. And they almost blew it. They almost blew it against the, the Bears, but, hey, they came out with a win, and that's all that really counts when it, you come to the end of the season and they're 13-4, and 14-3. And the Bills, I'm sorry, the 49ers lost those three games and they're sitting at 12 and five. You know, Lions get that number two spot. Um, unless things change in the, the gauntlet tracker, which brings you to my second team, is the Philadelphia Eagles. They stay ahead, they win, except they are always ahead, it seems. So, you know, if you're playing the Eagles, I'd like to see them play from behind. Um, and Will they get to that point? I'm not sure, but uh, the refs, if the refs are for them, then who can be against them? And we've seen some really favorable calls game uh, week in, week out for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I put that in there because I think it's obvious that they're getting some favorable calls and they're getting bailed out in certain situations. They got bailed out a couple times in the, in the Eagles versus Cowboys game. And, um, we're seeing some strange stuff. The the Miami Dolphins Eagles game was weird. I don't. I believe they didn't even accumulate a penalty. So 
it's nice to have that. And home games for playoffs, if they hold down the NFC East in a first round bye, most likely since they had the biggest head start at, you know, at eight and one currently. Um, and let's let's check in on the score actually of this game. Um, like I said, we're recording on a Monday night. It's halftime right now, and the Chiefs are up 17 to 7 at halftime. So currently, let's see. Oh, oh, Jalen Hurts has an interception. What do you know? Um, what is, uh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Travis Kelsey found the end zone. Taylor Swift must be at the game. But this is what we're looking for. This is what like, I wish I could have recorded this one on a different day, but I had to do it a little early uh, due to the holiday and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I want to see the Eagles play from behind. This is the first time in a while that I've seen them not have the lead. At halftime. So let's see how they do against the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl matchup, you know, and their Super Bowl rematch. Um, all right. So the 49ers and the Eagles, and then you got the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys. Easily one of the best rosters in the NFL. They're the closest to the Eagles, with the 49ers being their kryptonite, and no one's denying that. Um, Jimmy Johnson was elected into the Ring of Honor, which is part one of three of the curse being broken. Curse number one was Jimmy Johnson not being in the Ring of Honor. Curse number two was Rowdy the mascot becoming our mascot. And curse number three is Jerry Jones. So, you know, you still got more to check off the list, but, you know, we could break the curse of the NFC Championship appearance this year, but then the Super Bowl won't ever come because Jerry Jones has made an AI version of himself and he'll probably live on forever. And even if Jerry Jones croaked, at the end of the day, his son, Stephen Jones, is going to take over and it's going to be the same old, same old. So, but this is easily the third best. These are the three best teams in the NFC division. Um, and I, what I think is really interesting about the Dallas Cowboys, and I've never seen this in Dak Prescott's career, but Dak's in villain mode right now. Uh, he got targeted on a slide in this game. He came up trying to throw down. You don't see that from Dak Prescott. And it's interesting to me that in the post-game press conferences, you're seeing somebody who's just absolutely fed up with the way that he's treated. And it's about time. You know, you can be selfless for eight years and then now you get into villain mode because you're sick and tired of the narrative. And he's really, really trying to shatter the curse, shatter the script, excuse me. So we'll see how he responds this year. And like I've mentioned to all my Dak haters out there, this is the year. This is the, oh, you're going to take that and clip it, but this is the year to decide whether or not Dak is your guy moving forward, whether or not he gets another contract, whether or not he was the problem the entire time, what, whatever you want to argue, you know, he's got that gauntlet. Can he beat good teams? Well, you're going to find out here in two weeks. And then you get four weeks to decide. Can he win playoff games? We're going to find out when he's the fifth round seed and he probably plays like a Saints in the first round and, um, Cowboys most likely win that game and you got to take it one week at a time, but I'm looking way ahead here. And then you'll probably play the, if you play the Eagles, I'd much rather play the Eagles and the 49ers. And my projection two weeks ago was that the Eagles, I'm sorry, the Cowboys and 49ers would meet each other in the NFC championship game and the 49ers would win that game. But if that happens, Dak Prescott would be four and five in his playoff career. It's really tough to win in the playoffs. Four and five record isn't too shabby. Now, is it what I want? No, I want him to win the Super Bowl, but, you know, we'll see. And so I haven't done my top 10 in a while, but I have a track uh, hierarchy here 
and I've been shuffling around the top 10, keeping track of who dropped how many points and who went up how many points. But your top four have stayed the same basically throughout the entire season. So the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens have stayed at number two or at one and two. They kind of shuffled in between. The Eagles found their way in there a little bit, but I, I actually kind of had them move around. So the the 40, uh, the 49ers were at the sixth spot um, last week and they move up to number three ahead of the 49 or ahead of the, the Philadelphia Eagles, excuse me. The Eagles are right behind them at number four. Number five, that spot's empty. You know why? Because I promise you guys, and I always keep my promises, I promise you guys that the Dallas Cowboys would not pass the sixth spot until they beat a really good team. Well, the fifth spot fifth spot is empty, and I'll tell you why. Because the teams afterwards are not a top five team. But the Cowboys are the closest to it. They just they have some shit to prove. Um, number seven, the Detroit Lions. Number eight, the Cleveland Browns. They've stayed there's they've been in the same spot for about two or three weeks. Um now that the Browns signed Joe Flacco, I could see them moving into a top two team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, number nine, the Buffalo Bills. They move up a slot from number 10. And entering my top 10 for the first time this season is the Houston Texans and the Stroud Boys moving up three slots into the number 10. And at number 11 and 12, 11 being the Miami Dolphins and number 12, the Jacksonville Jaguars. CJ Stroud was in my um, platinum rookie ranks last week. Um, he's a runaway candidate for the offensive rookie of the year, and he's even in the MVP conversations. But uh, hey, the Texans—I we have them running away with the division this year, ahead of the Jaguars. Um, the Jaguars might get that playoff spot for sure, um, especially with the Chargers falling behind, and there's really not other any other teams that are. It'll be probably the Dolphins, the Jaguar. Well, probably the Bills, the Jaguars, and one other team in the one other team in there. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up my track hierarchy. And now to close out the episode of track 23, got to have a fiddle in the bland um, with our track records of the week. You know, from inspiring tunes to compelling statistics, it's worth putting on the record. And I came with that myself. Dak Prescott is the highest rated quarterback this year via PFF, shadow the script, if you will, 89.4 grade, the highest rated quarterback this year mvp conversation question mark well your boy jalen hurts right now who everybody a lot of people have ahead of him is 46 yards at the half of the interception and five sacks and i gave you all another five six seconds there to kind of contemplate that real quick but deron bland is in my second track record track record of the week with six interceptions plus four pick six touchdowns needs one more Touchdown to break the record. And that, those are your track records of the week. Well, this has been another edition of the Rook and the Kid podcast. And I was happy to guys, happy to bring it to you guys straight uh, by myself here. I am the Rook, your host, and we'll be shattering the script every Wednesday. And you can find us on the banner below. Um, TikTok and Instagram at track.pod, x.com, or formerly known as Twitter at the track pod. Uh, our link tree is in all of our bios. You can find us on all platforms, um, Spotify, Pod, uh, Apple Podcast, um, and YouTube are our primary ones. But we're also on friggin' iHeart, uh, Google Play. I mean, if you have an Android, we're on BlackBerry. Uh, <laughs> trying to get on Rumble, you know, because 
Uh, we're a non-vaccinated cast. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, this you can find us down below. Our Instagram is going to be our most active account. TikTok, we're starting to grow a little bit there. Um, we're trying to make the 200 followers before the end of 2024. You know, and we don't buy our followers like some people, but you know, we're constantly trying to grow. So tell your friends about this podcast. I understand um, that people might not want to listen to an hour, two hours, but that's why we might break it up into segments. You never know. But this has been the Rook and the Kid podcast, episode 23. I am your host, the Rook, shattering the script. Got to have a fiddle in the bland. And we'll see y'all next Wednesday. Happy, have a happy Thanksgiving. How about them Cowboys? Go Cowboys. They get the dub on Thursday.